Against All Oddities, the podcast about three brothers coming to terms with the oddly true and the truthfully odd. Thank you for choosing to listen to the Against All Oddities Halloween Special 2022. (laughs) In honor of the official start to spooky season, we have placed on our offering dish to you listeners a collection of spooky stories that we collected while dressed as Kenny Rogers. More on that later. We start this episode off talking about the magical bell that we recently cast while together and that we made from scratch. Then we spend some time diving into some folklore surrounding the devil and the trade craft of yesteryear. Our closer this dark and gloomy autumn night is a collection of ghost stories as told from Nate's haunted backyard. Folks, this one is a keeper, so hurry up and grab another handful of that candy that you said you bought for the trick-or-treaters because you're going to need it. This is Against All Is I this is a our 2022 Halloween special. I think it'd be cool if we talked about the bell. I had just because we had done some research and we promised it a little bit on the end of our last episode about the bell and the devil. I have a little bit of interesting folklore about that. And then we talk about spooky stories and we listen to the spooky stories we recorded at the event where we cast this bell. I'm happy. I'm good. All right, podcast recording starting now. <laughs> yes introduce yourself i'm chris i'm the i'm the second slash middle brother i'm tim i'm the youngest brother and this is our introduction i've made that would be number one yes yeah, so <laughs> that's our really thorough audience tested and approved intro this is against all oddities <laughs> three brothers talk about odd weird and paranormal things <laughs> and this time we're going to be talking about the very unique and special thing we did for nate's annual October festivities. October um, feast. October, October feast. feast. So, well, to clarify, it was it was a Kenny and Dolly themed 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 thing. So people were supposed to get dress up as Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton, and Nate had. Wasn't a, there a pirate called the Dolly Rogers? Yeah, uh, that sounds yes, right. there was. Did I say no. Dolly Rogers? Jolly Roger is the traditional English name for the flags flown to identify pirate ships preceding or during pirate an attack. Flag. So Jolly Roger is a pirate flag. What would be 
So if we do a pirate theme next year, I, the flag I'm going to fly is a Dolly Rogers. Nice. And it's going to have Kenny and Dolly on it. If we were to do it next year, I already thought, I, I do think it'd be nice if we did something easy like sausages, but instead of doing like an easy Oktoberfest, it should be like alien themed or paranormal themed. So you had to combine later hosen with like a paranormal monster. Uh, like I Later like, ghosting. Later ghosting. Like, yeah. I like, I had pirates cavemen and vikings up but uh, that's uh, what's your on deck the, well that's what i was looking at because cavemen i could do like a big slab of mammoth or something in the grill or yeah or rib. do t-rex like t-rex ribs the well, they, t -rex you can get dino ribs, ribs which is the yeah. uncut uh, beef rib which i don't know how you we should also clarify this needs to be clarified actually after spending the whole weekend at nate's house People are unaware that Kenny Rogers ran a chicken-themed restaurant called Kenny Rogers Roasters in the 90s. Has no one seen Seinfeld? It was on they a Seinfeld episode about yeah, Kenny where, Rogers. Uh, the, the roasters, it moves next to Kramer and it keeps him up at night and he goes crazier because of Kenny Rogers Roasters. Right. But yeah, that's why everybody was dressed as either Kenny or Dolly, but then uh, Chris had an awesome Kenny and chicken crossover and i and so had just an inflatable chicken thing but nobody understood why they're like can i ask why you're wearing that and i'm like chickens uh <laughs> they obviously never had a pita from kenny rogers roasters well anyway so uh yeah so we had this event that nate threw and it was a lot of fun and we used it as an opportunity since all three of us were going to be in one location to cast a bell which is something we've been working towards for several years now but is very difficult to do. Um, most people don't know this, but casting, <laughs> taking metal, melting it down into a liquid and then pouring it into a form that you made and then that thing being the thing that you poured it into is actually like an art form that's difficult to do. Um, and so we've been kind of working on the- We how practiced it a couple of times. We practiced yeah. it, we were working towards it. We did aluminum first. And we built a Java trash can. Like, you know, there's a lot of trial and error. We, then we got bronze, and then this was a brass belt. We were grinding in a blender. Kitty Diggins. Kitty uh, Diggins, uh, which didn't work, by the way. But we had to learn that it didn't work. We had to, we had to make a lot of mistakes to get to casting a bell. But before we go into that, Nate, tell us the bell story. Like, why are we trying to make a bell? Yep, I think we talked about this in Curses episode. We did. But as, but... A, as a refresher, uh, so we have this old house and uh, built in 1760 in farmhouse out of bricks. And um, uh, Mary, somebody, somebody in 1752 had a bell cast in London before she and her brother moved to the property uh, and commissioned the house. And we learned this uh, what as time was, it, was this what century? 1752 is when the yeah. bell was originally cast, but that was while the house was being built or yeah. when they came over. And um, we found this out because we uh, we bought this house that had been uh, unlived and for a while. And um, the I think the, the owner was in memory care. He had a lot of leaks in the roof and stuff and mold and all kinds of stuff. Fun restoration project. Long story short, uh, when we were buying the house, uh, the the owner was like, "Hey, do you care if I grab some plants and this old bell out of the backyard? Mm -hmm. You know, it's family stuff." And I was like, "I don't care, whatever." 
And then later, like uh, two years later, uh, we've been there three years, Mary uh, did some um, a painting or something for the Virginia Preservation Society. And they're like, oh, you want grant money? And she's like, no, just send over a preservation person and give us some more house stuff. And they found out, they found the whole thing about, oh, Mary, what's her name? Cast the spell in London and took yeah. it over. And we're like, oh no. And then we <laughs> caught called the lady or wrote her an email and we're like hey we will buy that bell we didn't realize that the was lady the who store. stole the bell from you when when she well it was she owned the property i don't think that counts as stealing but yeah. if we said the bell did not convey she hustled it out of there she hustled the bill but but anyway i talked she was like i want to pray on it and then the next day she's like it's you know new family owns it now yeah, you know tough shit yeah. so yeah, but I was like, hey, can you send, or Mary said, can you send us some pictures so we can recast a bell? She said some pictures. Guess what? It was, uh, had a stamp on the bell. It was a replica bell from like 100 years so ago. So it wasn't even the real bell, but that's not, you'd already, yeah, I, I got a call from Nate and Mary that was like, how do we curse this bell? And we yeah. we determined that like we don't need to curse the bell. The bell, which isn't even the bell, she, she already had. cursed herself. She cursed so. herself. The bell was cursed. A lot of blood in that bell. But we needed to make a new bell. The house needed a bell and needed a new clean, special uh, gifts all oddity bells. And since we were casting ourselves, we could put all sorts of protection sigils and all sorts of stuff inside the bell. It was a good project. So the past year and a half we've been working towards this bell and so we were all together long story short and we did cast the bell we do have audio of this this is yes look at that great right. yeah we knew this was gonna be happen magic you know what the Ooh. wicked witch would say yeah my melt yeah. <laughs> watch this let that cool off because you're gonna melt your yeah. That's probably most of the slag. Wait, I see a little more. Are we doing it? No, 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 we're not. Nate, be careful. There's slag. That's the ground right there. I got it. That's all There's the slag. All right, where's my connector? Use right here. My connector. Scalpel? Whatever. <laughs> here it is. It's gonna be hotter wait, than wait, you wait. think. Wait, Chris needs his mask. Yep. Nice safety all right, check. We're too late now. <laughs> Alright, now we gotta go. Oh, this thing's broken. Go! Alright, don't worry about it. Let's go. We don't use a mask on the Health safety Alright, you guys are lifting it and putting it down. Lifting and putting it down. Oh, it's full that of is heavier, for sure. Alright, now I'm gonna get on this side. Chris is gonna get on that side Wait. of me. Hold on. This probably could get moved, but yeah, put that down. Alright. Wait, I'm getting on this side. You came over here last time because you're going there. Wow, it's cracking the time. All right, we're good to go up? Yep. All right, the steady and straight. We need to get it back. Look out. No, we got it. Just keep it going. Up. Steady, steady, steady. Don't stop. We're not stop. Like, you got to let it go, Tim, a little bit. Well, it didn't explode. Keep going. <laughs> it's bright, man. Burn my cones out now. No shit. I like it. All right. Stop. Corn. <laughs> corn. Keep corn. No, no. Nope. Corn. 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 Oh, corn. <laughs> corn. Yeah, we're going to make some corn, corn. bronze corn. All right. Coming back over this way. 
Good job, guys. Wow. Woo! Right there. Holy right there? Yep. Woo! Nice! Good job, guys. Woo! Yeah! Good adrenaline, everyone! <laughs> Good job. Thanks. Thanks for tolerating my like, externalized stress. It was a success. Uh, very exciting. Um, but it made me, when we were talking about what to do for the Halloween special, uh, we, there is a connection of the bell um, and the devil. But before we go into that, like, do you guys want to tell the story of the bell casting? Like, I want to record with your recorder the sound of the bell because I haven't done that. So you can add it in. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, we'll, we'll add that in. There's the time traveling powers of Chris's know, edit just, button. And Nate went home and rang the bell, and this is what the bell we cast sounds like. So good. It's so good, isn't that like so weird? good? We did we did that. We also have pictures of the casting and the bell on our website if you want to look at some of the symbols we carved into it. But uh, it was a successful cast. I mean, we it, we started a little late. I was nervous. I was really nervous about all of it because. Uh, the bell mold uh, that I made over the summer hadn't ever been tested before. It was using a sand and an epoxy resin that I made. Uh, and I didn't think, I, di I didn't know how it would react to molten brass. We didn't know if we had enough brass because we didn't know how much metal the bell needed. There's a lot going on with this bell. I gotta say, from my perspective, <laughs> The way, like, because there were a couple beers involved before we actually. That was the got other thing to, we like, were all kind of drinking before we did starting. this very dangerous thing. It wasn't too bad. It we wasn't too bad. It was early. It, was, enough. it, it wasn't was. too bad. But there were there were dogs and there were kids running around and but like, it took all three of us. So like, I picked the thing up and put it down, and then me and Nate double picked it up, and Chris tipped it so we could like steer the the brass into the twelve the, pounds of of lava brass the bell hole into the little tiny for whom the bell holes and the uh <laughs> the extra went into these corn cob shaping just to make corn cob shaped ingots which was actually pretty cool um but then uh you know it poured in there and then right before we got started the brass had melted it was in there we had practiced this a million times and then there are a bunch of people standing around staring at us and stuff and then chris went Y'all should back up. This might catch on fire, and there's a chance it could explode. And let's just do this now. And then I was like, "Wait a second! <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't did say anything about the explosion in the practice runs. All like eight of them. And here we're getting ready to pick this thing up. And I'm like, "What? What <laughs> explosion? You had and signed then a Chris put form. a safety mask on, and it broke. And so it was just like, <laughs> "Well, that's not happening." And so he put on his safety squints and like just squinted <laughs> his eyes to, as we were like pouring it, but it didn't yeah. explode and the box didn't catch on fire like Chris thought it would. It could have exploded because there was water in the mold and I did kiln out the water, but it's possible that there was water in there and then the, the vapor, but luckily it worked out great. And we have our special symbols that we carved in there and this bell will ring in blessings and protection of this house forever uh bell is forever a bell is forever which is great uh and it's such a great object to make and i think we should each make one more bell for each of us but anyway i i was thinking about you know there's all this folklore associated do you guys have any more bell casting stories i mean it was so bright like it 
yeah, we should have worn well, some glasses. Well, glasses. It was really bright. It was it was brighter than we had done it before, and then also there yeah. was a lot more smoke with this one than before. Like, we let it get we, hotter, I think. Yeah, and... because we were we weren't quite ready, and it had melted. And instead of pouring it immediately, we had to like prep the stage, and it kept heating up. And when we opened the forge, it basically incinerated the oxygen around it because it was like I couldn't even see the crucible. Well, it was that's also part of it. Like uh, you can't let it get too hot either. It changes the metal or something. But yeah. I think we were within the threshold, and probably it was good that it was a little more liquid. Yeah, because we couldn't heat up our form, so it 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 yeah. was going to cool rapidly. Um, yeah. Worked out. It looks good. It's a bell. Yeah, there's uh, three silver coins in there too. But I hope that doesn't no, compromise. It, it doesn't. Oh, it, I think I don't. I I do think something happened there's a little silver there's a crack in it and a little silver pearl in one of those cracks oh really yeah it's pretty cool i'll take a picture of it and then the the corn cobs that tim was talking about are like what you you can make ingots if you have cast iron which has a higher melting uh, melting point so like on top of the cat mold i put like a corn fritter pan with a bunch like with like eight little Mm-hmm. or corn malls and so all the extra as we poured in and the the brass came from the majority of it came from uh our next door neighbor harrison's um big brass balls uh that which he, were in he, he had he had forged for a newtonian clock or something so so cool so cool that so, he's your neighbor and so cool that he gifted us 12 pounds uh, of pure brass <laughs> that's he like, was that's it was awesome. uh, it was pretty awesome and, and i gave him he was happy with uh the, a cob i gave him the next day i was like oh that's nice of you that's yeah, yeah. he was he really liked it he was like i'm saving this cob so, uh, yeah with uh, the cob uh my son got one too and they were passing it back and forth in the back seat of the car which because we were in a traffic jam and the ride home kind of sucked but that the corn kid that's gone viral recently yeah both of my children have been exposed to that and so randomly you'd hear like the five-year go it got the juice and then you're just like bang 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 because they're just like (laughs) smashing the thing it's cone oh my god that is still hilarious so i'm glad they're doing it but if they had done it for maybe (laughs) one more hour i would have not been as entertained by it well you're the one who listened to that cat video for 10 hours coming back from disney world mm. i would yeah, actually the going... cat is easier to listen to than the well i was gonna say i'm bringing it now just so i can play it underneath this conversation yeah. well i mean also the the ride back from my house is not quite the same as orlando <laughs> uh, uh it was because we were stuck in stop and go traffic for two hours it was a five hour trip to get home only it's two and a half hours Oof. Anyway, so we're talking about the bell. We're talking about it during our Halloween episode. Why is that? A, because it's cool that we did this. Not every podcaster you know and listen to can forge, can pull from the grips of their of their assholes a perfect bell uh, and then ring it. Um, they're very pleased with themselves uh, that that worked. But there is a connection that I'm going to tie in with Halloween 
which goes back to the whole um, devil and the blacksmith, which is a little almost like a folklore trope at this point. But I wanted to specifically bring up the legend of Stingy Jack. Stingy, S-T-I-N-G-Y. Stingy for Jack. Uh, so to tie this in with Halloween, people have been making uh, jack-o'-lanterns at Halloween for centuries. Obviously, uh, the practice originated from an Irish myth about a man. Well, this is an interpretation. Uh, it, it, that it originated from an Irish myth about a man named Stingy Jack. According to the story, Stingy Jack invent, invited the devil to have a drink with him. And true to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink. So he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin uh, so that Jack could use it to buy the drinks, which like, the devil was into. Once the devil did so, Jack decided to keep the money and put it in his pocket next to a silver cross, which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year and that should Jack die, he would not claim his soul. The next year, Jack again tricked the devil into climbing into a tree to pick a piece of fruit because Jack's an old rascal. Uh, while he was up in the tree, Jack carved a sign of the cross onto the tree so that the devil couldn't come down. So he trapped the devil again and, and he made, uh, Jack made the devil promise not to bother him for 10 more years. Soon after that, Jack died. As the legend goes, God would not allow such an unsavory figure into heaven. The devil, upset by the trick, um, also would not claim his soul and would not allow Jack to hell. So he sent Jack off into the dark night with only a burning coal to light his way. Jack put the coal in a carved out turnip and had been roaming the earth ever since. The Irish began to refer to this ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern and then simply became Jack-o'-lantern. Uh, this also reminded me of the story of, you know, the story, Jim Henson's The Storyteller with the traveler who uh, went wandering and then he was very good at cards. He was gambling with the uh, with devil the thing. The, the devil. Which was the best puppetry the ever. Best, and the best of the storyteller uh, puppet. You should watch it if you can find it. Uh, I believe it's on Netflix. It's so good and crucial to our our childhood is this Jim Henson Muppets or puppets, but especially the storyteller. But a very similar thing. He was he had tricked the devils, and then he basically um, lived forever. As and that you know, who wants to live forever caused some problems. But uh, I I don't actually believe this. One of the things I'm bringing up the blacksmith and the devil is. Uh, a, that's a good Halloween story, the, uh, an origin story for the jack-o'-lantern. But B, I like the idea of the devil and the trade craft, uh, which is something you see in history as well. And I think it's important to say that a lot of this is coming from like kind of Western folk traditions. So I don't actually think, I mean, in this case, it was expressly like a Christian devil, but I think it's kind of important to um, make note that the use of the word the devil or a devil guiding a guild or like a mason or some kind of trade craft into the secrets of woodworking, carpentry, or horse whispering isn't necessarily like the Christian devil, but the idea of like the devil or the sprite devil, the um, um, the fame. The fae yeah. or, you know, the puck, the puck character. Oh, yeah. Like a, a spirit from the woods would just be called the devil. I mean, that's the thing that comes up with all the uh, witchcraft trials. 
well, it goes way- back even all, I, I was thinking about this too. Like if you even look at like if you say Baphomet or something like mm-hmm. Baphomet, oh, that's a demon or something. It's not. It's actually a Gnostic Christian thing. Mm-hmm. And as nice well as the, yes, as yeah, and the uh, pentagram and everything, but was demonized when the Knights of Templar were demonized later. Exactly. And so all of a sudden something that wasn't, and they were like, they, they would do, there were different spitting rituals and now all of a sudden people are like see the symbol of like the goat horns or the um pentagram or everything it, and they're like oh that's satanic that's what well actually it started out as a christian thing and then was demonized by the pope or the whatever the faction in charge in the 13th yeah. century it, and it's something um that you see a lot like yeah i, w- I was gonna say like the uh with the witchcraft trials um they're always like you were, you know, they were torturing women in the in the 1700s, uh, and saying like, confess, confess, like you had sex with the devil in the woods. And they're like, no, I, it wasn't the devil. I, <laughs> but it was like these these people were like having relationships with non-humans, like spirits in the woods, and the and the and the priests were like, it's the devil. They're like, it's not the devil. It's a guy named Robin Artisan. <laughs> you know he's got a name and he's the king of the fairies and like they're like the devil and so like everything is the devil right and so um a court and that's what we inherit and it's like well they weren't having sex with like the christian devil they were having sex with this sprightly character they who has a name you know what i mean and so it, it gets translated and so like the idea of someone who's maybe working a trade like foundry or blacksmithing and it's very connected to the elements of earth of like water like whatever it is maybe you're a pilot of a river you know like you, you had be- societies and guilds as well exactly that's why like I'm going secret the stuff devil. like the knowledge was secret exactly right? and the knowledge came from the devil and it's not the devil it's coming from one's relationship to their craft and one's relationship to the elements of their craft and that re- brings me up to the other anecdotes I wanted to talk about of the, the, the blacksmith and devil, in this case, are horse whispers, which I think is a really awesome guild in Scotland in the 1700s. Have you guys heard of the horse whispers? Was that our uh, baron ancestor? Was he a horse whisperer? I sure wish. I hope so. So <laughs> we'll just assume yes. Let's just say yes. He was the vet, 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 horse vet to the king of Austria. So that well, this is Scottish. Uh, so the horsemen, the horse whispers, or the horseman's word, was a secret society of, of horsemen. Uh, you know, like I, they, maybe farriers, but like specifically, if you had a bunch of horses, you paid a guy to take care of your horses, right? And there is a, a a mysterious sect of Scottish horsemen um, who were super good at horses. They could almost talk to the horses, it seemed. They even claimed that they could talk to the horses. And they also claimed when people asked how they knew what the horses were saying, they said that the devil taught them. And the only way, but it's really guild stuff. It's a guild system. So to become a horseman was very difficult. And it's the only way you get hired as a horseman was to be one in this guild. Uh, And their, their reputation, because they were kind of, you know, 
hard living, drinking people, gambling types that the, the, the devil taught them how to talk to the horses. But I'm going to read a little about, I'm going to read a quick excerpt about the, the horseman's word. So the horseman's word was a mysterious Scottish sect dedicated to the art of communicating with horses. This is in the 1700s. Uh, it set up in the northeast of Scotland in the late 18th century, 1700s. Uh, it, it began at the start of the agricultural revolution. It was made up of horse whispers, men who knew and passed on the secret of quickly breaking wild horses by bonding with them and earning their trust rather than using brute force. The society flourished in the 18th and 19th centuries before almost dying out the 20th century. Some of the key phrases used by the members of the horseman's word to control their horses included the secret word, this is now into light, two as one. The phrase was said to the hold magic qualities, but it was also meant to sum up the idea that the horse and man work together as a unit rather than master and beast. There's a strong secrecy culture among members of the horseman's word. New members were ordered not to reveal details to outsiders on pain of having their heart hacked out with a sword. One horseman uh, who's considered the last known member of the horseman's word, speaking to the Scotsman um, previously, he said, if a horseman took a shine to you, one evening he might come up to you and say, it's time, which was a signal for you uh, that you were about to be initiated. Usually on farms, there was between eight or 15 horsemen working a pair of horses for the farmer. And they're the ones who chose which youngsters were fit to join. You had to arm yourself with a bottle of whiskey and a loaf of bread as a sort of payment for the information you'd be receiving. At midnight, you were taken from your bed, blindfolded, and led to a barn or chaff house where the other horsemen would be waiting. You had to knock in a particular way to imitate a horse kicking a door. The new recruit would have to open his shirt um, to the navel to prove that he wasn't a woman because they weren't allowed. <laughs> and then he had to swear that he would never reveal the secrets of the society. And they were told the key word, which was, as one to emphasize the union between man and horses. This is also during the initiation ceremony where they were said to sell their soul to the devil for the ability to work with horses and cure ailments and, you know, break wild horses. Or stuff, like, which now you could probably get at uh, vet school, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like uh, you have to knock on the door as a horse would. Bam! <laughs> okay, good job. <laughs> They'll take your shirt off. Prove that you're not a lass. <laughs> Where's my whiskey, Wilbur? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like it's just a bunch of old drunk guys. Like, listen, boy, you need to give me some bread, some whiskey. I'll give you our horse secrets. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna turn on horse whiskey, and we'll tell you all the horse secrets. <laughs> right. Just wait till they come out with like Yellowstone 1725 or whatever. And I know. I, I will watch that actually. Uh, Do you know yeah. how hard it would be to carry a loaf of bread around? Like the At whiskey is in a bottle; it's safe. But the bread, you you constantly have to like. It's not easy to get a loaf of bread back then. You either. can't pocket the bread. That that bread spit whatever. I you'd also have like a couple bites taken out of the bread <laughs> yeah. and a couple swigs <laughs> taken out of the whiskey. Mine would be hollow. You'd get one little mouse hole <laughs> and you just pull the middle out a little, just a little snack, and they'd be like, "Thanks for the bread." <laughs> then it's like just you're, like a, you're a not pita. in the guild yet. You can't really afford this bread and whiskey. This is a big expenditure for you. It's like buying your college education. You're buying into side, side story. I got to go off topic for a second. I was at this um, work thing and they had uh, raffle prices. You know, I, I won some awesome uh, electrical sockets, which were actually what I wanted to win. 
um, like they go on the wall, but they have USB ports on them and stuff, which is pretty cool. Yeah, but uh, this guy won. Like I forgot, it wasn't um, Blanton's uh, or something like a bottle of bourbon, yeah. probably nicer than Blanton's. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, he had it on the table, and he like went up to get food, and like it was like lowered all of a sudden. Like every time he turned his back, it kept going <laughs> down like the bottle. It was pretty awesome. And then empty. And then yeah, it was like you need to if you win a bottle of nice bourbon, that stuff needs to disappear you immediately. Need, yeah, you need to you need to you need to go to the bathroom real the quick. The longer and put that it in your sits club on the table. Box. Yeah, the longer it sits on the table, the more likely it's just like do 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 do. Sorry. So the horse guy is probably the same way. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just it. Like a lot of this, like, um, I, I mean, I think you were right on when you were talking about like this, the guild system and needing to attribute or myth, like add myth to their profession in order to be, um, I don't know, taken seriously, but also to know that there were secrets that needed to be earned. You couldn't just learn it by, doing it for a couple of years. So they would, you know, it's scary to like make a deal with the devil to become a horse whisperer or a blacksmith. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't know. I felt like that was my Halloween tie-in. Um, there's a, I mean, uh, especially I with the jack-o'-lantern, the story of the jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. And there's um, a Southern Appalachian version of the same story that, like you said, is a little more uh, Catholic, I guess. Yeah, because there was a it was Wicked John and the Devil, I think, but mm -hmm. it's the same premise, and I don't know the full history or the book or when it came out, but it's um, the Wicked John. In order to get out of going to hell, Saint Peter gives him three wishes to try to trick the devil, and so that's the story is him using his three wishes, and I think it plays out the same as the other one, but also I think I don't know if it's where in europe but the blacksmith in general is just a malevolent figure like uh if there's or a mysterious of, one at, at least no but in in there in there if ha, depictions of hell there's always a blacksmith somewhere like in well it's hot and it's something that you can understand there wasn't a lot of tv back then like easy imagery for people you know i also like, think, I think like yeah if you have jobs in hell what job are you going to have? There's a lot of hot, there's a lot of coals, there's some hammers, you're going to hammer some well, stuff. Well, wasn't that uh, Hades, right? Or you go back to, you know, Greek and Roman times. Yeah. Or or also just like... Mars, Mars. Like, um, Lord of the Rings. Robert Johnson and the blues, like meeting the devil at the crossroads to like learn guitar, you know? like You know what I mean? Like... An impressive skill. The skill set that doesn't make sense to the common the commoner how how'd you do that how'd you do that do it again do it do it the the bestowing of talent from the devil is like a tried and true folk tradition and you know uh that's kind of our halloween intro so while we were um after we cast the spell and we had this october fest type party at nate's house that he threw october uh, feast october feast and paid for <laughs> all by himself i keep saying we but it was really uh entirely a hey you did all marriage. the the work which was awesome um uh, me and brad did all the yeah. the cooking but it was fun something to do 
but while we were there and there's 90 people that we knew some of which we didn't know uh we did walk around or nate walked around and recorded scary halloween stories personal anecdotes of of of, of the spooky nature and we thought we might share some of those wait before you share them what would your trade be what what would you make a deal to get good at yeah what what oh what is great yeah i thought of that question because right now like what a modern version of that Mm -hmm. it'd be like yeah the devil came down and i said for my soul i could have the skills of the best minecraft player in the world (laughs) (laughs) my god that speed run was only six minutes or something (laughs) i have 20 views on youtube now yeah or like fortnite or whatever kids are into i don't know uh like 10,000 TikTok followers. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Seven of which aren't bots. <laughs> At least seven. <laughs> or like, what was that Simpsons episode where he sold a soul for a turkey sandwich, but the turkey was dry, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, it's the same thing as a monkey paw, I guess. But in this... Uh, situation you get everything perfectly it's just at the end of it like yeah this situation yeah this this is this isn't a twist it's more of a kids in the hall had the best examples of that ever oh yes i completely agree do you have the shoe in brown we are well stocked to the color cowards (laughs) (laughs) so i made a sale I sell shoes, and so you shall. It's so, it's so awesome. The Kids in the Hall it. Devil was one of the best parody that devils was, ever. It's like that and John Lovitz Devil are like the two. John <laughs> Lovitz is so hilarious. It's so good. Is he still alive? <laughs> no, John Lovitz died a long time ago. Did he? No, he didn't. Phil Hartman died a long time ago. Phil Hartman's gone. John Lovitz was in that uh, the Donnie Darko guy movie like 16 years ago as a cop or a hitman southland tales with the rock all kinds of stuff in it really yeah there was a in 2022 there was a big death hoax from john lovitz he is uh, not he's 65 years old and he's yeah. doing well yeah he's not dead at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah but at least i'm like you know on point with recent events <laughs> we need i'm worried about betty white because today Angela Lansbury died. Betty White died a long time ago, like a year ago. Nate. Uh oh. Nate. <laughs> she died. Did you not know she, Betty White died? She died December 31st, 2021. What? They yeah. just auctioned Betty White's stuff off. It was a big internet thing. What? She had a bunch of like. She died almost this year, but last year. She died. Did I switch realities again? Yeah, you know, ever since or mine goes forgetful. The particle yeah. collider causes a lot of problems over here. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's side. Yeah. She died today. Yeah. I think it was murder. <laughs> no, he thinks it was murder. Oh jeez. Because that's what she wrote about oh. or whatever. <laughs> she um, real quick, real quick, last question before we play the spooky stories collected at Nate's October feast. How much do you think John Lovett's is worth 
<laughs> I think whatever the network sites are, are look. random. I think those are completely random things. It doesn't matter. It's probably based because uh, uh, home sales are public information and tax filings, I guess, might be too. So either way, what's his Well, internet? he had that cartoon show in the night. The Critic. The Critic. And he had Saturday Night Live money. $125,000. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say under a million, but but like eight. He was on Saturday Night Live for like ten years. Come on, guys. He, he, okay, okay. He two, made thirty thousand dollars a year. Two point five mil. Twelve million. Oh wow! We got the two. He invested right. in Kenny Rogers roasters and sold out. Yeah, he sold at the top. Yeah, he, he sold he, like ninety one. John Lovett shorted Kenny Rogers roasters. <laughs> Just to throwing it out there, there's still one Kenny Rogers roasters left in this world, and it is in Dubai. That's amazing. And the menu is no, no longer one can what sue. you think it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kenny, Kenny Rogers. I mean, died. it looks great, but I don't know if that's Kenny anymore. Like, it's Kenny, Kenny died in 2020. Like, all these older folks yeah. are, uh, of our 90s youth are, are kicking the bucket. Um, so maybe we'll go do some commercials. Hey, I was looking for a pair of normal insurance policies because my blood hurts but i guess ghosts are cool too thanks for the paranormal insurance dwarf trottle and we're back <laughs> now we can be more spooky yeah so now the, we're uh, on point we need to reiterate that it's hard to make a bell like if you don't think it's hard Go outside and, and make say, anything out of metal. Do anything, anything with metal. out of metal, and then make something out of melted metal into the shape that you want it to be without killing yourself. Just and give then it a make shot. that shape really hard. And then also know that like Nate and I have been burned, and like we almost died many times by flowing. Yeah, but you guys are built forged tough. We are <laughs> <laughs> forged tough. Hey, while we're throwing it out there. Um, People should just go find the Troll Forge guy and look at his stuff because he's oh, like yeah. I, a I, master yeah. of the craft. Yeah, so Tim and I both follow a guy on Instagram called uh, Troll Cunning Forge is the handle. Just, just amazing work. Uh, the the story I read of of um, the Jack O' Lantern I actually took from his Halloween post page, word for word. Uh, but also he is amazing. He's on the West coast, but I think moving to the East coast, um, he makes, uh, he's a blacksmith who makes a cult based, um, work. So he'll, his specialty, which I haven't seen anywhere else. And I follow a lot of Instagram, occult Instagrams. He will make, um, ritual knives, but then quench them in herbal baths that are specific. So like, He'll quench and deter uh, or, you know, he'll align the properties of plant and planetary bodies with the, the intention of the tool. So it's not just quenching steel, like he's, he's forging steel and copper and other metals into really amazing um, kind of magical instruments. But then he's going the distance and like for, and like quenching them and like, sacred plants and um sacred the water. wood he uses is from 
uh, different locations too. And I would also say he is brilliant. Like, a, you know, if you follow Blacksmith on Instagram, he destroys all of them. He's very good. And his wife uh, runs Rosarian Blends, which is an occult-based herbalism uh, store that makes really good stuff too. So if you wanted Florida water or um, divination oil or whatever you're using, they are top of their game. I mean, these are like principal players. And they also run the Veritas Genii uh, Symposium every year on herbal plants, which uh, I have always wanted to go to. I get all of their books. It's very, they're very cool people. Anyway, follow them. Best blacksmithery you'll ever see. Yeah, Chris uh, has a scrying bowl from them. Yeah, Tim and Nate bought me a scrying bowl for my birthday from them. I don't know what that means. But the a scrying bowl, bowl is a an, a an iron bowl that he forged and they bought you guys you paid for it you and Tim paid for it bought me and what you do is you take a divination oil and you put it in it. it's a black iron bowl and then the oil if you say have candlelight you know do you know the term scrying like, it rhymes with spying that's yes. like uh, writing I thought scrying is when you uh, stare into a crystal ball traditionally. But scrying, special oil for the the balls. Well, no. So the idea is, well, not not for the ball. That's just for a scrying dish. You can scry a glass of champagne. You can scry. Oh, meat. like in uh, Lord of the Rings, when you look into a foggy. Kate pot. Blanchett looked yes. in the water, or whatever. That is yeah. scrying too. So scrying is divining through the act of looking into something abstract, and then and then interpreting the, the images that come to your mind, right? So a scrying bowl would be a black bowl. You put oil in it, enter a, a trance state or a meditative state, and the flickering of candlelight on the oils and the black start making weird abstract shapes that your mind can interpret as metaphor and symbol. And then that will give you... Um, so it's a uh, different remote viewing. It's like divination, but yeah, it's very remote viewing. I think you can still access some of the same information as you can remote viewing, because again, you're, it's just helping you enter a trance state. It's not actually physically showing you anything. It's just an optical, uh, an optical hypnosis, right? Yeah, it's called uh, hypnagogic imagery. Yep. Uh, Wait, what, well, we'll talk about that later. Uh, hypnagogic and hypnopompic is the opposite one's sort of falling asleep and one's waking up but yeah. it's a similar sort of mind state hypnagogic there is a the douglas bachelor what magic is this had a whole episode in the hypnagogic state yeah um so uh also check them out um so anyway long story short fast forward uh um, so, yeah we're walking around dressed as giant chickens and kenny rogers and dollies and nate <laughs> is literally dressed as kenny rogers holding a microphone with a wig to, with a wig and everything, holding a microphone up to people saying, tell me your spooky story. Tell me your ghost story. Tell me. Your yeah. Some people thing. we know, some people we don't. Yeah. Know. Random people. I'm curious to hear what it sounds like. Cause the one that I was trying to listen to is Nate stood next to a speaker as like islands in the stream was playing for the 10th time, like blasting. And I heard time. Nate go. Whoa, 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 and he <laughs> held it up to somebody else and they're going. Whoa, whoa. All I heard was like Dolly in the background. Um, so I was worried about that, but he would like the ones by the fire probably sound cool. I kind of, it's easy to sort of zone out and listen to it. Cause it's like this ASMR thing yeah. of just like a background sleepy, party, with but music. it was awesome. I was like, I, I mean, but forever to play it, it's almost like 
a this american life outro yeah we'll we'll, we'll play through it we'll play it out but it, it, it is actually interesting i like the the stereo image of you being you hear all these kids and stuff in the background but it is like 10 o'clock at night and uh very dark and very cold but um they are kind of nice to listen to and the stereo image of like the music and people walking around is actually kind of nice and that's what i think this could be the asmr on youtube is uh 10 hours of being at a party with uh uh against Dolly all the parton theme <laughs> <laughs> and uh fires in the background while telling telling spooky stories at a keg party is what it is the asmr on that one no it's good we had a good party it's a good lead out for halloween we hope you guys have a great halloween uh are you guys doing anything for halloween what's the what's the plan yeah let us know at wizard at dorfyou.com d-o-r-f-y-o-u.com or tweet yeah, us at give aao us, uh, podcast to close it out what what are you guys doing i am having a party at my house actually for, for children of course uh, are you gonna do anything scary like run at them with a leaf blower on so here's something that i thought well i got normal cool parties i'm trying to impress eight-year-olds and the last time i did that i ate a packy chip and i almost went to the hospital but the uh i like i've got a fog machine i was gonna make a brisket for like the adults and have like some can you carve the brisket into a skull shape yeah uh yeah sure um i might um but the uh i was thinking about putting on my stormtrooper outfit and then stuffing myself with candy and giving the kids (laughs) nerf guns and every time they shot the stormtrooper i'd like let some candy spill out or whatever that's but awesome. after seeing the Dolly Pinata get, no. like, <laughs> no. I don't think I want to be around feral children, like in the midst of getting the yummy candy intestines. But the uh, our neighborhood's awesome because uh, the adults usually get loaded and the kids get candy because uh, everything's walkable. Yeah. Um, nobody's driving, and it's still like a pretty. It's on a Monday. A Monday. Yeah, whatever. Everybody forgets about that Monday night. But yeah, I mean, you look around, there's kids screaming in costumes and everybody's getting candy and somebody put has a band playing in their front yard and stuff. So it's a pretty That's cool awesome. neighborhood for Halloween. Nate, are That's you doing all. anything? Uh, I don't know. Hell at the moon, I guess, with the dogs. Uh, cool. Were you done, Tim? Did you have more? Nope, like that was it. I don't what have about anything. you, Chris. Mm-hmm. I'll decorate the house. We get some trick-or-treaters. That's I'll probably reuse the Kenny Rogers outfit again. <laughs> Just yeah to... so on the way out if you're to get you hyped up for the uh the halloween spirit here's uh nate's outside party with the speakers playing the fires in two separate places crackling and collected spooky stories um uh thanks to everyone who told us stories and thanks to nate for having a party hello i'm andy I am going to tell the story of the haunted speakeasy. There was a house that was 100 years old in Richmond, Virginia, and a young couple moved into it, and they thought it was fine and safe and perfectly good, and then they moved in, and the pictures started to fall off the walls in the middle of the night, and the drinks started to pour in the middle of the night, and... And what did you do about it? I called an exorcist. Really? I did. And they came and said something. Like an exorcist, like a priest? I mean, it was the 
cheap pages of the Googles. So it was probably not a great exorcist. It was the Craigslist of exorcists. And we brought out our Ouija board, and we all poured a cocktail because we figured in the speakeasy you'd have to have a cocktail to make the ghosts go away. And we said all of the Latin words, and... What, what do you think the Latin words said? I mean, do, do you speak Latin? Or read Harry Potter? Because like, both things would give you answers. <laughs> Expelliarmus. Yeah. <laughs> ah, exactly. And then what happened? Everyone knows that makes the mentors go away, and then it uh, means the speakeasy is great. And then you open the speakeasy. And then all of the drinks filled up, and then there were no more ghosts. <laughs> okay. Is that to be like a real scary story? It can be whatever you want. It could be terrifying. It doesn't be scary. This is for your podcast? Maybe. Huh? Whether you make the cut or not. Um, a scary story. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. All right. So, uh, one night, there was something under the bed. It looked out from beneath the bed, and it saw footprints. It saw feet walking around the bed that it was hiding under. It slowly walked around, and all of a sudden, there was a creak on the mattress. Suddenly, she wakes up. It's thundering. She can hear the thunder. She can hear the rain. She looks outside of her windows. It's not raining. She walks up to the windows. She looks out. The street's clear. Trees are just blowing in the wind. It's a clear night, but she hears thunder. She looks into the mirror. It's hanging on her closet. And a strike of lightning hits. So she looks deeper into the mirror. It's her room, it's her face. But the windows are showing rain and lightning. She looks back at her windows. There's no rain, there's no lightning. She touches the window, her hand goes through. <laughs> so when I was a kid, like really young, um, I could just walk and I, remember sitting in the living room with my parents and this was an old Victorian house in Salem, Virginia. And I remember sitting with my parents watching TV. And I heard a noise from the stairway outside, like the living room to the left and then you looked out to the stairway. I heard a noise from the stairway. We didn't have a dog or cat or anything. And this house is known to be a little bit freaky. Stuff would move and lights would turn on and stuff so I looked really quick my parents did not and I saw a light coming from the top of the stairs and the lights were not on so uh, a little bit past and my mom said all right go to bed and I remember going upstairs and at the t before we probably got about five six stairs up and and this was probably 20 stairs long um, looked up at the top of the stairs and there was this girl dressed in white looking at us and then I screamed mom picked me up ran back down the stairs and went to my father and I remember my father going back to the stairs looking up and he's like there's nothing there went upstairs looked around nothing was there 
At the same time, my neighbor across the street was saying that there was the attic light was turning on and off, like almost flashing at the same, at like during that night. We didn't know. That's it. Oh, snap. That's creepy. Yeah. That's where I know I've seen a ghost. <laughs> Jamie, what's your scary story? Which one? Tell me your favorite scary story. Mm, I lived in a house in Singer's Glen, Virginia. Where's Singer's Glen near? Harrisonburg. Okay. So it was an old Civil War house. And How I, old is like Civil War house? Uh, it was in the 1800s it was yeah. built. So I lived in the Singer's Glen house, old farmhouse. And when you would go to bed at night, it would feel like there was an old man hanging right above your head, staring you in the eyes like he wanted How, to like, kill hanging, you. Like, like hovering above hovering. you. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Not a good house. But it sparked my interest in the paranormal, which then later led me to go ghost hunting. So, what's your 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 best ghost hunting story? Singer's Glen. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we're getting to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so in Singer's Glen, it always felt like there was a man in the bathroom with you. Always, like every time you went to the bathroom. So one day. I went and I got in the shower, like I always do in the morning. The door opened. There was nobody there. Like I got out of the shower and looked. My husband at the time was not there. I was the only one in the house. The door had opened and shut. And you know, old houses with the old paint, it makes the screeching and like you have to push it really hard to shut it and open it. So. There was nobody there. Like I got out of the shower and went and looked. There was absolutely nobody there. I got in the shower again and turned around and said, get the hell out of the shower. Because it always felt like there'd be somebody standing behind you in the shower. And after I said that, he was never in there again. Yeah. But everybody that had lived in the house before then or after then had a story. Feet. You could hear feet walking up and down That's the stairs. That's something and, that, and then they left. Yes. Yep. There were people that had lived there. The bed shook. There were people that had lived there and like they could hear parties downstairs. It kind of sounds like Mary's uh, house in uh, Middlebrook. Middlebrook. Yeah, Middlebrook. House. Yep. So that's what sparked my interest in the paranormal. My family is, we're very into, I, we truly believe that when people pass, they come and see you one last time. Right. And I have many, many stories of many people that it's happened to. Okay. So I'll start. The very first one was my grandmother. She came over from, at that time it was Czechoslovakia. And she came over 19 years old, went on the boat the whole bit, came to America, met her husband, had kids. And one night she was in bed and she felt a cold hand on her shoulder. While she was in bed. While she's sleeping. So she like, you know, woke my grandfather up. Joe, Joe, get up, get up. Your hands are cold. Stop it. And he's like, 
woken out of a deep sleep or whatever. What are you talking about? She's like, oh my gosh, your hands are so cold. Will you stop it, you know? I'm like, I didn't do anything. That next morning, she gets a, a telegram from Czechoslovakia and her brother had passed away what? during the night. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. So we. He's making the rounds. He's making everybody. the rounds to yeah. see everyone. So my mother, her story was when my grandmother passed. And it was, they were all in the hospital room the night she passed away. And of course, my grandmother kept talking about their her brother who had she had lost a son in a car accident, and she kept saying, "Oh, there's Joe. He doesn't look good." And they're all like, "Mom, Joe's not here." And she insisted he was sitting in the room. He was there, you know. So my mom, when my grandmother passed away, she always told the story of one night my dad was out or whatever. My mom was like. She was very scared to be alone in the house, you know. She always waited up till he came home. And she said the door, the front door, like, flew open. And she felt this cold. And this was the day after my grandmother passed. And every one of them, her, her sisters, her brother, were eight kids, all had a similar experience that night. What? Wow. Yeah. And they That's all amazing. swear yeah. she came I wonder, do you think one it's a, last a time. Family thing or maybe So my dad, me and my mom would talk about these stories. She'd tell me these stories. My grandmother would tell stories that like stuff like that. And my dad was always like, I never have any of these kind of incidents or and I think what it is, I think some people are just more in tune to it. Sure. Yeah. And and me and my mom were like, I don't think you you may, but you just don't like Pat poo poos all of it. He's like, none of this is like that doesn't happen. But yeah. I'm gonna tell you a story. Okay. I Another hear one. It. I wanna hear it. Yep. My mother just passed away in May. Okay. Okay. And she had Alzheimer's. Oh, that's terrible. It was awful, awful. Yeah, it's the worst. And when I had went and visited her in the hospital, and this was probably a few probably two weeks before she passed and me and my brother were in there with her and she was having an except an exceptionally good day she's yeah she was very interactive with That's us and common, uh, right she was very interactive with us she, i swear she was like kept trying to talk to us or whatever and my brother left the room and i was just sitting there i was holding her hand i'm talking to her and i'm just like you know mom i love you and she kept looking in the corner and laughing and she'd look back at me and she would squeeze my hands. And I was like, Mom, and she would look in the corner. Now, granted, my father had passed away almost to the day a year before okay. her. Yeah. Okay. And she kept, and then she would try to like talk to me or whatever. And she would kept smiling and she was so interactive. And she kept looking in the corner and she was saying, and she said, like, Dad. And she's like, you know, and I'm, I'm like, and I swear to God, I swear my dad was in that corner telling her, and she said, oh, you're my little girl. Like, uh, my mother was not even speaking at right, this point. Yeah, at that point. You're my little girl. Uh, I love you. And she kept, and 
and I was like, I swear to God, my dad was in that corner looking down, and it was like two weeks later she passed. So we have all these, like my aunt has stories, and so even when my dad passed, like he came to me probably not right away and I was disappointed I kept thinking like why isn't my dad coming to me I don't understand why he's not coming to me but he did after about a week he came to me and I had an experience where like he was there like I know he was there that's great and I always I even had an incident with my dog who had passed away I felt the same thing well yeah, and my and I just think Mar- some people are just more in tune to that or open to it. Mary says that all the time because, like, this house, which is old and stuff, like, I one, I don't really. Well, I'll tell you this: you are more than your physical body, a hundred percent. Oh, like, for beyond sure. a doubt. Right. Beyond oh, like, there's I no right. beyond question of right, anything. Right. But outside of that, like. I was here, like, when I'm here by myself. It is kind of a creepy house. Noises, doors open right, shut. Right, right, yeah. All the fucking time. Yeah. Yeah, dead serious. But, wow. but, like, in front of me, a door will pop open. And then I shut. I'm like, nope, and shut it. I still am not a ghost guy. And, huh. I, and I literally said after a week or two that her parents right. with the dog. Right, right. And I was in the kitchen at, like, 11. And that kitchen is a little spooky. Right, right, right. And we're in the middle of nowhere, right? Right. And I'm like, all right, ghost. This is your last chance to come get me. <laughs> come on. Right. And Mary, I told Mary nothing happened. And then Mary was like, yeah, they're all around you with chains, and you're so not sensitive about this stuff. You're like, I don't see any ghosts, and the whole kitchen is full they're of, like, all there. 30 ghosts. So I grew up outside of Gettysburg. Uh-oh, okay. And there are lots of ghost stories about Gettysburg sure. and the battlefield. The one that I've heard most about a security guard who used to work at the Lutheran Seminary, who was on his nightly rounds and was in an elevator and took the elevator to the basement. And when the doors of the elevator opened, they opened into a Civil War hospital. Okay. And when the doors opened, that's what he saw were Civil War soldiers being surgically operated on. And he said one of the doctors looked up from the table and looked right at him, and he froze, couldn't move, couldn't breathe, and the doors closed. And when they opened again, the hospital was gone. Holy cow. That is the best what ghost story. What a great story. That is the best oh, ghost story OMG. I have. <laughs> Middlebrook is scary. What's the scariest thing in Middlebrook that ever happened to you? Uh, I woke up one night, a, lot, a bunch of people talking, but there were no people there. Oh, were you in your bedroom? Yeah. Was Mary there? She was in the other room. You had two different bedrooms? Yeah. Whoa. Full of bedrooms. I thought twins always had to have the same bedroom, no matter what. No, we were separate. Yeah. When they're little, you, we, we couldn't split them up because they'd start to cry. Mary said at that house she always used to wake up in the laundry room staring at the dirt wall. Ew, that's awful. How would she wake up there? She said she would sleepwalk and wake up staring at the dirt wall in the laundry room. (laughs) This conversation makes me want to go get another beer, so I'm going. That's the one that, the place that I heard all the noise upstairs and there wasn't anybody there. People moving furniture and stuff. What about the piano? Because it was an old... uh, Wells Fargo stop, and that's what it sounded like. Like a boarding like. house. Yeah, it sounded like a bar and people talking and chairs sliding. 
<laughs> the, uh, okay, the scariest story that I've had. Yeah. Um, my, the house where my mom grew up in New in Jersey. Stanton? No, in New Jersey. Yeah, in New like Jersey. suburbs of New York City. was built. I don't know when it was built. It was an old house. It used to be a speakeasy. It was a speakeasy at one point? Yeah. Uh, somebody died on the staircase. I don't know the... How or why? Yeah, I don't know any of the details yeah. behind that. Um, but it was a weird house. Like, they were just weird. The, the vibe was weird. Yeah. Um, and, of course, like, I he- had heard a... No, actually, let me... I got to go back. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I've heard all these stories about the house, but this the stories that I heard about the house, actually, I heard them after I experienced the thing that I experienced in the house. Um, the staircase always freaked me out as a kid. Like, I was there, like, yeah, five, like a kid. five, six, seven, eight years old, that kind of age. Like, kid, kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not like, I was 17, these stairs freaked me out. Yeah, no. Nah. Um, but one night I was by myself in one of the bedrooms upstairs, and it was a beautiful house too, like this big old. And house. they're old. Yeah. yeah. New Jersey, anything in that area is gonna be like really old. Yeah. Sleeping, and I woke up to all the coat hangers in the closet getting banged together. Just this. <laughs> crazy rattling taking place in the closet. At your grandparents' house? Yeah. <laughs> and I was just, just like, and I was just as a kid. I was just frozen in my bed. Like horrifying. I couldn't move. Horrifying. I couldn't say anything. Like I just stood there and I remember just like looking out the little blinds of the window to the like street lamps being like, get me out of here. And it went on for a while, and I don't know if I, if I eventually did scream and somebody came in, but it was by far the most spooky and horrifying. I feel like every kid has that, and you like either suppress the memory or like, like I'm a stupid kid or whatever. But every single person around us, I guarantee, as a kid, has been like in bed, like oh my freaking god what's happening around me right now like everybody i can i I talked about that with my brothers recently i was like yeah remember the weaver house they're like yeah your room was like horrifying i was like yeah it was (laughs) (laughs) like i was like eight years old and had to sleep in there and it was like i didn't sleep i just curled up underneath it and like there was a hollow place underneath the bed behind the bed like it was this weird cove bed thing in hollow monsters everywhere and noises and stuff and I was like I just curled up in a ball in the middle of the bed for three years like yeah. that's what happened yeah like, it's really terrifying but yeah. then like later yeah. you grow up and you're like <laughs> yeah I mean this was no this was no monster thing it was just like there was something was banging around in the closet oh, for sure noises. like yeah, yeah. yeah a noise yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it was my uncle just fucking with me I don't know I kind of doubt it. That's it's a, a mean trick. That's, that's a terrible thing. <laughs> this is for real. It actually yeah, yeah, yeah. freaked me out. Sure yeah. But so, uh, <laughs> I was in my room, my bedroom, 
at your house now or in my house now which we which we lived in forever never had any like ghosty stuff yeah but this is in retrospect my daughter was starting puberty, which all the ghosty people say. Oh, that's when it starts. That's when ghosty stuff yeah, starts. or poltergeisty stuff. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is fucking real. I saw this. I was like, like here's my bed. I'm standing there. Here's the dresser, and then there's my dresser. Yeah. And on the dresser is a half-empty toilet paper roll and yeah. a hat. And I was like. I wouldn't stand like this. But yeah, no, I take it. That's <laughs> the like, attitude. Facing and this on the way. Yeah. I was like looking this way, and the toilet paper roll yeah, said, flipped across. Holy shit. And then the hat said, <laughs> fell off the thing. And I was like, what just happened? And I called my wife in. I was like, Jackie, here's what I just saw. And she's like, I don't know. Maybe it's like a wind thing. Like the wind blew. And I was like, it doesn't just slam it across. I was like, I don't know. This thing like flew across the room. But that was it. That's the end of the story. <laughs> so, my mom had a grandmother. And she said, when are you going to give me grandchildren? And my mom said, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And then all of a sudden, the grandmother died. And a couple years later, my mom had grandchildrens. And the grandchildren was me. And so I was four. And my mom was walking me. She was carrying me, walking me around the house. And she had picture frames in the house. And supposedly, when I was four, I pointed at a picture frame that held a picture of this so-called grandmother of my mom and said, she visits me at night. And she sits in the corner of my room while I sleep and talks to me. Wow. Pretty good. That's it. <laughs> Does she still sit there sometimes? No, I don't even remember now. any of it. No, even now today. This is just a story that my mother told me. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I would said. say this week you look in the corner and see who's staring back. <gasps> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was working as a quote-unquote night porter. That's what they called. What's a night porter? Yeah. That's the guy that, um, in a hotel, a guy that just works the reception desk overnight and cleans like a janitor what pretty much. What hotel chain? Uh, no chain. It was a little privately owned hotel. Oh, what the fuck was it called? Um, the Ramada. No. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, it's Holiday called the Spanish the Spanish Arch the Hotel. Spanish, Spanish Arch sounds awesome. And it was yeah. and it was in a renovated building that was built in like the 13th century. Holy shit! Stone building. Is this in Ireland? Yeah, or? in Galway, okay. Ireland. You're in Ireland. Okay, that like adds like a whole another element to everything. Yeah, and yeah. it apparently it used to be, and again I'm. This is just what they called it there, like night porter. It was a nunnery, which I take as a was a convent uh, back in the day, and it wasn't a popular hotel. Most nights, nobody. What did you do in the downtime? 
Well, I had like a, a host of cleaning chores. This is chores before, this that is I had before to do. like cell phones and stuff too. Like yeah, I mean there were cell phones, but they're just a little. They're not. You're not traveling through Instagram. And no. Stuff. Oh heavens no. Yeah. Uh, but there was a good amount of cleaning and like taking out the trash and putting it on the curb and. So you're doing like maid chores as well as your other chores. Yeah, more like janitor stuff. Like, yeah. you know, okay. sweeping out the lobby. That's good. That Honest kind of work. stuff. Yeah. And there was a restaurant in there. Um, so I'd sometimes go up there and like eat some food in the middle of the night. Uh, but most nights it was just super quiet. And it was just me. And there'd be, you know, it was on a, a busy street. Uh, with bars and stuff, so like there'd be lots of noise up in until Galway yeah, or, yeah, yeah, up until like midnight, and then it would get quiet. Um, and I usually like doze off at the reception desk between two no and three o'clock. Like I'm checking into the the I'm checking into the hotel. Yeah, it's two thirty. Yeah, but the thing that like it was there was like the witching hour which was not I don't know actually what witching hour means three but like, three a.m. oh okay so that's about right like three, three to four a.m. Uh, three, three thirty I think actually is the witching hour is three thirty a.m. okay happened like pretty consistently at that time it would sound like somebody was like throwing kegs empty kegs around in the basement of this place. <laughs> And sometimes, like, at first, when I heard it, I was like, I'm not, I don't want to know what that is. <laughs> like, just let, not, whatever that is can happen down there. I don't want to whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and then I remember one time I went, um, I was like, all right, I'm going to go down and see what and there, see what it is. And there was an elevator. Um, and I walked over to the elevator to go down and before I got there the doors just like opened up oh shit on their own oh no <laughs> I don't know if I'd get it if I'm like going down a ho- especially a hotel yeah which is I think I stay in a lot of hotels but I find them creepy as they are yeah if I'm like randomly walking in a hotel door opens next to me I might not step into that yeah like, or maybe I will like it's like adventure yeah so what happened uh, I think I've, I've worked up the courage to go down there once, and I didn't see anything. Most most nights when that would happen, oh, and then the other thing that would happen is like when I would doze off, like I would have these really like fucked up weird dreams that I've I've never had before or after, um, and then I would wake up to the the kegs getting thrown around. Um, so what I would usually do is like, I didn't want to fall asleep in there, so I would just like go outside and like sweep the sidewalk in the middle of the night and just like try to stay outside as much as I could because I just didn't want to be inside and like smoke cigarettes out there. That's a little like, like, forlorning of the hotel, like, I work here, I don't want to be in there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be inside of that place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that is it for the 2022 Against All Oddities Halloween special. We hope you enjoyed it, and please have a safe Sawain and a very happy Halloween. <laughs>